Lost you there for a minute. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was saying, yeah, I hope you're all safe as you can be, given that uh, we share a similar uh, situation. That's a new thing. <laughs> Something we all have in common um, in terms of uh, obstacles and so forth. And uh, we're dealing with it here at Hadari, where I am in Northern California. Rather remote here, so it's a pretty, pretty safe environment, and we're taking extra precautions and so forth as well. Um, and um, so, I hope you are also. Otherwise, um, I'm a little battered here. <laughs> I uh, I fell during doing go save and bruised my ribs, and I sprained my neck somehow. And I Bag and uh, um, house has no tickles. The first week of April, you'd think it was uh, January, pouring rain and quite cold. Well, there's no heat in my house because the gas has a leak and I can't get a person out here to repair it. Um, so I'm living in the temple room. For those of you who've been to Adari, I'm living in the Prashadam room. Got a little bed here, and I'm sitting on the couch up the window to the to the to the uh, to the south. Got a nice uh, wood stove, and uh, <laughs> so that's the upside of it. Um, quite nice living in the temple, and I'm taking care of a uh, little gear garage here in the, in the morning, which is also very nice. Really, Dar is here with us at the moment. Um, has been for a couple of weeks, and of course, Brunyan Gurnishta. Care of me, so patient. Uh, continue to write different uh, writing on my book still, and uh, that's been very rewarding. What are the questions today? Okay. Um, Smarty, you want to go first? Morning, Um My question is. Um, I've heard you say a number of times how the, the six Goswamis are the architects of our Gaudiya Vaishnava Sampradaya. And yet, as Padmanabha Swami has been pointing out in some of his talks, they didn't really write anything about Lord Chaitanya in some prayers, but mostly they wrote about Radha and Krishna. So how is it they were actually able to establish him as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, um, different from Krishna, um, without writing about him. Uh -huh. Well, yeah, I've addressed that uh, in the past. Um, and it's not that they didn't write about him. They did, but uh, not extensively. There are um, some Osticums, prayers that they composed, um, and so forth, and also uh, which glorify him as Bhagwan, and, uh, and um, they um, also, of course, uh, offer respects to him at, uh, in, in all of their books at the, uh, in the preface or the, the Mongol charm, um, but right, yes, they didn't write extensively about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Alkur Leela um, and so forth as 
post uh, Christian Leva. Um, so I think that um, the you know, architects of the Sympathia is, is appropriate. Uh, arch architects do the blueprints and so forth. And when someone comes in and fills in, mm. if you understand the blueprints, requires a, a, a capable, qualified uh, builder to read them. And they understand how all the rooms will look and so on and so forth. Um, and so that, uh, having done the blueprints, then they turn the work over to the old successive uh, members of the Sampradaya, like Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami, um, who took their blueprint and and, and developed it, so to speak, uh, a uh, rather extensive narrative and theological and philo philosophical text on uh, all about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, Krishna Kaviraj Goswami's work, if you study it carefully, it's it's completely faithful to and derived from the texts of the uh, six Goswamis. Mm -hmm. And so you see that the, the seeds, if you will, or the blueprints are there, and he's uh, developing them. It's not that they, they didn't uh, say anything about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And they made clear that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was, was Krishna and that he was um, um, uh, pursuing the, um, the uh, perspective of Radha. Um, they did that by the way they wrote, for, in one example, their commentaries on Krishna Leela. Mm -hmm. So, as I've said before, I think more than citing verses from different texts that are predictive about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance and so on and so forth, which is a, which is a useful thing to do, uh, but um, more than that, they, they kind of plumb the depths, as I sometimes say, of the psychology of Krishna like no one has ever done before. And if you study that, you see, well, for example, in the height, the zenith, the acme of the climax of the, of the Chiban Bhagavatam, you find Krishna um, unable to repay the gopis for their, the, the debt of their, of their love. And understanding a psychology and so forth. When he says, I, you, know, "You have to, your payment, your reward is your own saintliness." I'm purchased by that, um, and so forth. Well, you know the obvious implications of that. Knowing Krishna as a as a rasika, pleasure seeker, and so forth, is that he has to somehow taste the um, experience of of Radha. Um, that's the birth, really. In Srimad Bhagavatam of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, get from there the Chaitanya Bhagavat, you know, develops. So um, um, I always found it more compelling to establish the um, the necessity of a Gaur Leela, um, a, a a kind of a sequel or encore appearance of Krishna, given given the the, the shortcomings of the Leela itself, Krishna Leela. Krishna uh, experienced, and they they bring that out, and so mm -hmm. the natural um, 
conclusion is, well, there has to be another Leela. He has to do something about that. How, how, is, how is Krishna going to uh, uh, be himself, as well as scriptures say, as Rasaraj, if he doesn't have the fullest taste of Rasa, if that escapes him in, in, in the person of Radha, then he has to come out somehow taste it. So that logic, which plays upon us, of Krishna that they so so well developed really um, necessitates a Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And so um, it's all there um, in the blueprints uh, very clearly if one knows how to read them. And Krishna's Kadharaj knew how to read them very well. And other successive Acharyas as, as well. And I think that um, when you're doing something so revolutionary as they were to establish that this uh, Bengali Brahmin uh, lad uh, is, is God, and not only that, that he's Krishna himself, and that on top of that, the Krishna is the avatari instead of the avatar, or Vishnu, he's the source of all. That's a lot to, uh, to bring out. Um, and um, they, they did that uh, uh, thoughtfully in consideration of, you know, how much, where they would lay their overt emphasis, if you will, in order to um, be successful in the community, the religious um, and social community of the time, successful in establishing, erecting some pradaya. So you can't say everything, perhaps all at once, to say Krishna is the avatari and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is God and, and imply subtly and, and through the ways in which I, 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 I've just talked about um, imply that uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is uh, Krishna himself and uh, with an internal purpose as well as an external purpose. I mean, uh, you know, they, 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 I think that they, they thought they could only go so far with, you know, bringing all that out and, uh, and be successful. So that's uh, a strategy, uh, I would say, on their part. Um, you do find... Um, Verses from Sarup Damodar that are included in Chaitanya Charitamrita that do speak, you know, directly about the internal reason for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's descent and so forth. And of course, Rup and Sanatana—they're they're followers of um, of, of Sarup Damodar. Raghunath is the Sarupa Raghunath. Mahaprabhu called him. So anyway, it's there, and, and there are some nice uh, glorifications of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But yeah, they, as, as Padmanabhamar said, they didn't write extensively about, about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu comparatively. I mean, to, they have whole Leela texts about Krishna um, of their own, commentaries on Krishna Leela that are extensive, and so on and so forth. And they do, didn't do that with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So they, they you know, it's another... Another instance, you could say, of, 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 of leaving a little thing also for successful do giving them some service on the one side, and probably, as I say, thinking how much they could get away with, so to speak, and be credible in the community at the time in, 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 in attempting to establish a new uh, lineage, a new sympathy. If you, if you read carefully the text, even Krishna's Kaviras, 
Chaitanya Charitamrita, you could see at times, oh, he's dealing with the Ramanuja Sampradaya here. Oh, mm-hmm. he's dealing with the Magma Sampradaya here. It's obvious where he's dealing with the, the Shankar Sampradaya. Uh, and, and here he's dealing with the Balava Sampradaya. And if, 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 text is really, Chaitanya Charitamrita really giving shape, like I said, to the blueprints. You know, it's really like putting up the temple itself. Here it is, and it stands right here, and it's just like this, and it's not like that, and it's not like that, and it's not like that. That was uh, much of what you know he was doing. Therefore, the Chaitanya Charitamrita is a rather sectarian book, <laughs> in a, not in a pejorative sense, but you know to establish the sect and differentiate it from other other um, ideas, theological ideas, and so forth. That was what he what he took up. At times, he's um, may make the the um, the uh, pluralistic and ecumenical minded person a little cringe a little bit because at times he speaks pretty pretty strongly. Um, uh, but um, he's kind of like used Prabhupada's adage, the person historically at first that is coming out like a plow from where the Goswami said, gone in with a, with a pin. So if you make a little hole with a pin to go in, and then you pull it out, you know, if the pin expands inside and becomes a plow, and then you pull it out and makes a big hole, something like that. So, um, but you know, Chaitanya Charitamrita is very artfully done and theologically very uh, rich and well supported with so many texts and so but, it, but in a couple of places, you know, the Balabas would, would take exception to some of the things he said. Uh, and probably used to say about me and to me that if people don't complain, then you're not really preaching. So I haven't heard any of you complain. That's that's a problem for me. It's <laughs> supposed to rub to disturb them a little bit and make them rethink and so forth. So does that help? Does that answer your question? Yes, thank you so much. Okay. Eric? Dhanavata Maharaj, Hare Krishna. Um, so a question that I've been thinking about recently is in regards to the regulative principle that deals with the prohibition of intoxication. Um, so I guess I've just been wondering where exactly within our like uh, line within our sampradaya we kind of draw the line with this because I, I think you know it's it's pretty well established that it's referring specifically to things like drugs, alcohol, tobacco, etc. But I guess there seems to be a bit of a gray area when it comes to things that like for example like fermented foods or ripe fruit or kombucha or non-alcoholic beer, things like that, that I know that some devotees, they consume those sorts of things, but I know that they have trace amounts of alcohol, which is considered to be tamasic and um, therefore not offerable to Krishna. And I guess um, this question kind of extends also into things like, like I've heard that in certain instances, Prabhupada um, discouraged people from eating chocolate because apparently it contains trace amounts of caffeine or something like that. So I guess I was just wondering um, what exactly your position is on these sorts of gray area um, 
foods, are they offerable to Krishna? Are they a hindrance to our spiritual life? Um, I think that uh, the, the idea of non-testimony is it's, it's found in the Bhagavatam in the story of Parikshit Maharaj and uh, his encounter with Kali. It's a metaphorical uh, section of the Bhagavatam where uh, he's, you know, he speaks to the bull uh, who's uh, standing on, on what was on one leg and three legs are destroyed and and so he, he speaks about the haunts, if you will, where, where Kali hangs out, uh, wherever there's, I think it's drinking, is, 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 the, is the Sanskrit word, well, it's the English translation of it, that uh, translated as intoxication. Swami, can you come a little closer to the mic? A little closer. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah. Here, maybe I'll plug this. Let me try this. Is that better? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So intoxication, uh, you know, Prabhupada rendered it intoxication, gambling, meat eating, illicit sex. So those words could be translated differently as well and more, more broadly. Uh, uh, illicit sex, really, what's said there is prostitution. So obviously Prabhupada extended the... Uh, the, uh, the, trans the, the translation, um, but at any rate, um, I think, you know, what we're talking about is inebriation here. So, you know, you don't get inebriated by eating chocolate. Uh, you don't get inebriated by any number of things that, uh, that, um, that you've mentioned and, um, I think that uh, that Prabhupada, you know, wasn't familiar with everything out there, like chocolate, for example. It's pretty hard to find chocolate in in Bengal in those, you know, when he was brought up. You know, I mean, probably never had it. Um, and so, you know, he was told things by devotees, and so he responded, "Don't, don't eat chocolate." But I know, in an instance, when he did eat chocolate himself, so he found one of his disciples. I think her name was Malini, eating a candy bar. And she said, oh. Went to hiding. So what have you got? You're not giving me any. And then he took some and ate the rest of the candy bar. I don't think uh, Prabhupada was as fanatical as some of the devotees who, for example, wouldn't drink uh, some some soft drink uh, on uh, ecodacy because it had sweetened with the corn syrup or something like that. I mean, that's not like eating grains, which is, you know, a substantial idea or, you know, you're not going to get that by, by drinking a limca, you know, um, and probably drink them. So um, at times, so I think that, um, uh, yeah, to get in an inebriated state is for an inebriated person <laughs> to begin with, who's identifying, misidentifying with the body is double, uh, double jeopardy there. So that should be, be avoided, but, but otherwise, um, fermented foods, I mean, yogurts are fermented food, I suppose, that's offerable. Some, from, some are, some aren't. Um, uh, it's, it's not that, uh, that we only offer sattvic foods to Krishna. Hmm? No, all the modes of nature have some utilization, but, but uh, you don't want a, a tamasic diet, so to speak, either. So something like kombucha, it's fermented, yeah, I guess it's good for uh, digestion, so well and good. Um, 
So I, I, I just be kind of practical about that. And overall, again, the mandate is not to become um, inebriated. Um, but I'm not at the same time giving a license here to just, just be lax and, and, and whatnot. I mean, uh, that, that shouldn't be taken in that way either. I never ate chocolate uh, myself. I just didn't, I don't know, I just, I, for my whole life, I never ate chocolate until somebody figured out that I like chocolate. I don't know where they got that idea, and, you know, a couple of decades ago. And then I started getting bombarded with chocolate and it's pretty good. So, <laughs> so I like it now, but um, I never ate it growing up and I didn't have anything, you know, against it or anything like that. I, so somebody, anyway, somebody decided I like chocolate or heard that. And so I get a fair amount of chocolate from people. Um, but I eat it, it's good. I've offered it at times, but I'm not recommending it to go out and buy a bunch of chocolate either. So does that help? Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. That's, it sounds, it's very practical advice. Okay, Thank you, you're a sensible guy. So glad to share that with you. <laughs> what else? Um, let's try Brad just seeing Dari. She didn't know if she would have a strong enough connection to ask her question, but let's try. Raja? Yeah, good morning, Guru Maharaj. Good morning, Raj. How's your mother? Oh, not well. She's worse mm. and worse. Mm. Sorry to hear that. So I have a question about um, verse uh, 7 um, from ninth ch chapter of Bhagavad Gita. I think I read so many translations that it didn't stack with me, but in your translation, Krishna is saying that at the end uh, of Brahma's life, uh, all living beings go uh, back into Krishna's material nature. So I always thought that jivas were entering Mahavishnu, but it says uh, they are entering material nature. Can you explain it more? Can you read the translation? Can you read the verse? At the end of a, uh, of a cycle of kalpas, of son of Kunti, all beings enter my material nature. At the beginning of the next cycle, I again send them forth. Uh, speaking about yuga cycles or, or, or I guess yeah, universal. Yeah. Yuga cycles. What's the Sanskrit? Sarva Bhutani Konteya Prakritim Yanti Mamikam Kalpakshaye Punas Tani Kalpadau Visri Jamyaham. Well, I think that um, the uh, obviously the living entities at the end of the cosmic uh, cycle, if you will, of the, of the universe, uh, the expanding universe contracts and enters into the Mahavishnu. Hmm? So along with the entirety of material nature. So um, I think that's what it really means to, it, it is speaking about it. I'd have to look at it in the context, but I mean, um, it, it is a little peculiar, I suppose, the Sanskrit way of talking about it. I think the translation is, is accurate, but if you know a little more, you, you understand, well, there, there's, the, there's the elements, if you will, that, 
the material body and the subtle body and gross body are constituted of, and there's a merging of one into another, into another, into another, so to speak, just as, just as um, it, the universe and matter from the Sankhya, Bhagavad Sankhya perspective expands from subtle, from, from Mahatattva, um, Hunkar, Bodhi, Manas, and so forth, and then, the, then, the, then, the, then uh, uh, gradually the, the senses, the sense objects, and all manifest. So that all collapses. Hmm? That all collapses back in, as the obviously the universe is going back into Mahavishnu, and the jivas go into Susupti. So um, sometimes you find descriptions like this where they. The, the, the yogi merges one element to another into another and merges into this. We, we find Gopakumar merge into the Pradhan, into the earth element and so forth and experienced uh, 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 them. So basically, anyway, it's just talking about a collapsing of the material universe that the living entities are part of. That collapses, they collapse into it. It collapses into Mahavishnu, Naring Susupti. What does the commentary say? Uh, it's saying about that uh, at the end of uh, day of Brahma, they enter the body of Brahma. Uh, oh, a little different then. Okay. Yeah, so that differs. So that okay. means that idea. because they still have this subtle material body, like mind, that's why they are described like this, that they enter material nature. What's your question? They have a mind? Uh, is it because uh, they still have a material body, kind of like the subtle one, that they are collapsing with material nature? Uh, no, I wouldn't think of it like that. Um, their, their karma remains in, in place. Um, do they still have a subtle body um, at the end of Brahma's day? Perhaps, perhaps. I haven't thought about that too much. If I look at the text, maybe, which I don't have time to at the moment, and I get some cl more clarity from it, looking in context, I'll reply next week further. Okay, thank you. But it's, 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 an, it's an interesting question. It's technical. It's not that pertinent, but it's, it, it's worth it understanding, I suppose, the detail of what happens at the, at the end. Of, I was kind of speaking about at the end of the life of Brahma, the end of the day of Brahma is, is a little bit different. Not, I mean, technically speaking, well, to go on for a second here, the, the day of Brahma, not everybody merges back into Brahma. Only certain planets, as, as, as I recall from the Bhagavatam, um, do. Um, so, it's a complicated subject. Yeah, what else? Okay. Okay. Um, Omkar, you done mute yourself. Haribo, Dandavat Guru Maharaj. I was wondering uh, about material nature. Um, if we are being put to the material nature to uh, um, to enjoy consequently in these bodies to enjoy the material nature in the illusionary manner. Um, it's this kind of weird way to think about it, but sometimes people say everything is for Krishna's enjoyment. So how are we to see the material nature? Um, 
as Krishna's, if he's been put, if he's put us here to enjoy it, is this only through uh, through worship, as we can see, he can enjoy it through our love, or how to think of this? Well, um, Krishna has a Maya Shakti. He has other Shaktis as well. So he has a certain relationship with the Maya Shakti. Hmm? He, doesn't, he doesn't ignore her. He doesn't relate to her like he does with his Swarup Shakti. Hmm? So he's, uh, it's one of his potencies. Hmm? It's like the smoke. Uh, the fire that he is, Stas Shakti being the spark, the Sarup Shakti being the heat and the light and so forth. So Krishna interacts with his different Shaktis uh, differently. Um, technically speaking, he's always under the influence of his Sarup Shakti. And um, therefore the Maya Shakti kind of is, is said poetically to approach him from a distance and um, somewhat with somewhat, somewhat some embarrassment um, come before him, so to speak, embarrassed by her task, which is um, sometimes she's depicted as having a trident and poking the living entities. Um, so what she's doing is giving a negative impetus to the jivas to turn um, towards Krishna, right, towards God. Mm -hmm. But um, Overtly, without looking deeper and seeing the positive side of the negative impetus, um, yeah, it, it looks like she's just creating suffering for people. So she seems a little embarrassed and apologetic about that, but that's what she does. Um, your question is, is how does Krishna, because Krishna is the supreme enjoyer, you seem to be asking that, you're thinking that he must enjoy everything. Um, well, uh, I suppose you could say that we do also look at the material world as a leela. It's called the Shrishti leela, the leela of creation. And this is um, uh, kind of the genesis of this is, is Narayan's uh, desire in Baikuntha to bestow mukti upon someone. And everyone there has mukti. So how can he bestow it? So if he's to be a bestower of mukti, then there needs to be those who um, are not muktas. And so for him to be compassionate then, if you will, there, 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 there is the, the form of Mahavishnu of his that presides over the material nature and the Shristi Leela, the creation Leela play, play <clears throat> takes place in, in a way it's at Lokobatulila The material world is the play, um, play of God. <clears throat> So it's a Leela, Shristi Leela. I suppose you could say that that was enjoyable. It's not something that Krishna personally partakes in, per se, but the Mahavishnu presides over it. Um, and he does so. Uh, the the Mahabhsankrasham within Vaikuntha is the source of 
of Tathastajiva. So the Tathastajiva is emanating from him for Leela and Vaikuntha. And in his avatar as Mahavishnu, there are Tathastashaktis emanating as well. Hmm? Wherever Bhagavan is, then there's there are other, other beings as well. The one becomes many. So those are the conditioned souls. They're within material nature. He expands the world to give them an opportunity to have bodies to take the bhakti. That's his purpose. But there's problems along the way. He sends the Vedas, he manifests the Vedas, he avatars uh, further. Uh, um, these are not, of course, things that happen at a particular point in time. So there are always devotees in the material world, sadhakas. In one sense, Vishnu is coming to give mukti to them. Hmm? They, in turn, are giving opportunity for mukti and bhakti to others hmm? in, the, in the world. So kind of the play, if you will, uh, you could say, of the material world of Vishnu hmm? is to bestow mukti upon sadhakas. Hmm? And by extension, those sadhakas are extending the opportunity for that and, uh, and, and, and for bhakti to those who are not sadhakas, making them sadhakas. So that's kind of like, I guess you could say the, the enjoyable part of the material world. But it's not that Krishna is making the jivas suffer. They're, they're making themselves suffer. Hmm? You do it every day. So don't blame Krishna for that. Um, but, but, but when did it start? It doesn't have a beginning. So he didn't make the material world. It's part of him. Hmm? Uh, as I said, if there's, if there's a fire, there's also smoke. So... Um, and it, again, in a, in, a, in a kind of a positive sense, it provides the opportunity for God to express himself as uh, compassionate. Does that help? Yes, Hare Krishna. Thank you. Okay, what else? Thank you. Unmute yourself. Name, are you there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Jai Guru Maharaj. Maharaj, uh, in your book, uh, Shikshashtaka, in the text two, you wrote uh, some uh, some interesting thing. Uh, uh, Krishna's uh, that uh, about uh, that Krishna's names express devotees' love for Krishna. Uh, so I think about that. Uh, so um, can we say that Krishna, Krishna's names are given to Krishna by, by, by devotees? Uh, uh, or if yes, uh, where, where Krishna, Krishna, Krishna's names uh, uh, was given in, in some circumstances? Could you say something about that? Well, I think that refers to the fact that, yes, Krishna's devotees give him names. They call him names. Yeah. Um, they call him, <laughs> they call him, in Sakiras, they call him some names that are unmentionable, but um, at the moment. But um, 
but uh, but also uh, <laughs> at times I should say, um, such as their uh, their intimacy, and uh, and so. But but uh, yes, the, you know, one sense the devotees give the names. They call him son of Yashoda because he is the son of Yashoda. So they they refer to him as that, the joy of Yashoda, Yashoda Nanda, Nanda Nanda, Giriraj. These are names that explain, that that speak about something that he's done, that characterizes him um, and so forth. And and so there there are ways to remember. Oh yes, he lifted Govardhan Hill. So he's Giridhari, I should say. He's Giridhari. Giriraj is is the mountain Govardhan himself, but Giridhari is he lifted it up. So they will, he's not giving the names himself, they're giving the names. Of course, these Lilos are eternal, they have no beginning, so the names have no beginning in another sense, but in terms of how the Lila unfolds, yes, the devotees are giving the names, and the names um, are, they're full of love of Krishna, because the primary names of Krishna, for the most part, talk about him in relation to his devotees that his parshadas who are personifications of the sarup shakti so these primary names have great power they're they they have they have love of krishna in them shodanandan has vatsalya rasa vatsalya prem in it paramatma doesn't have that hmm? brahman doesn't have that um th- those are secondary names um that that are in relation to, the, to this world, for example, his position in relation to this world, which would be the case for for Mahavishnu, but um, um, the names that are that Mahaprabhu was talking about in the second verse of Shikshastakam when he says, "Oh, they have all all my shakti within them," this is a reference to really the primary names that are full of love of Krishna. Like I said, Yashodananda is full of Patsalya Prem, so you can pull that out of there. And therefore devotees in time as they develop in terms of their ideal, then certain names will be more appealing to them than others. Names that refer to Krishna in ways that they correspond with their bhava, be it Sakya Bhav or, or Madhurya Bhav. Does that help? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. But uh, I have uh, another question. Okay. Uh, because uh, if, uh, for example, because these devotees are, um, because we are, uh, we are not uh, Siddhi, we have no, we are not eternally. Eternally, uh, we have, uh, we are in, in this, uh, in this uh, material world, yeah? And they are eternally in this uh, Goloka, Brindavan. So, for example, if uh, the, uh, the soul like me, come back uh, has also the same potency like this uh, eternal uh, participant, uh, eternal souls they are in, in the Golok Brindavan. When you go to Golok Brindavan, will you be the same as, as Nanda, Yashoda and, and these devotees? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what you will do is you, you will attain the same bhava that they are expressions of. That these bhavas like Vatsalya Bhav, Vatsalya Prem, Sakya Prem, Madhurya Prem, 
These are nityasiddha, nityasiddha Krishna Prem. So this Prem is eternally existing, right? And these bhavas, well, these are different, uh, uh, different types, different expressions of the Sarup Shakti. So it expresses itself as Vatsalya, expresses itself as Dasya, expresses itself as Sakya and, and, and Madhurya. And then in the context of expressing itself in any of these four forms, there are innumerable expressions within each of the forms. So there are innumerable expressions of Sakya Rasa for the pleasure of Krishna. All the, the whole Sarup Shakti is existing only for the pleasure of Krishna. Hmm? The Maya Shakti that Omkar Das asks about is existing for the pleasure of Krishna, but her function is indirect. Hmm? She's indirectly serving Krishna by giving negative impetus to the jivas to uh, move away from the from to turn turn towards Krishna rather than away from him. The Sarup Shakti is giving positive impetus by showing us in the form of those, those devotees like Nanda and Yasoda and Subal and Lita and so forth, what, what that um, results in. And so they are personifications of those uh, bhavas. These are the ragatmikas, hmm? the eternal associates of Krishna who have inborn, so to speak, rag for Krishna. So they are the ideal to follow. Hmm? And, and when we follow them, then, then you, you follow the same bhava. So you will attain the same bhava. And that bhava will then express itself, say, as, as sakiras or madhuriras. And within that, the, the, it expresses itself in unlimited ways. So in, so in other words, the bhava is eternal. It's existing for the purpose of pleasing Krishna, let's say Sakya Bhav, Sakya Prem. And when you attain Sakya Prem, that Sakya Prem will express itself, give a shape to your love. That's the form of the, of the, of the coward that you would be, or Gopi Bhav, the Gopi that you would be. Hmm? So let's say, let's say, for example, you have, uh, um, you have wheat, okay? And so from wheat, then you can make cookies, you can make, I don't know, brownies, I don't know, you can make um, all kinds of things, right? Hmm? And it, only for the pleasure of the, of the farmer, whatever. So Shakti is like that, and it expresses itself in these four bhavas, and within those bhavas, then there are cupcakes with, with one thing on, one of, with honey in them, with sugar in them, with whatever, with molasses in them, chocolate ones, they're vanilla ones, um, and so forth. So the bhava is eternally existing and it's eternally expressing itself in newer and newer ways for the pleasure of Krishna. And it will express itself as you mm -hmm. in a particular form. The love, the bhava that you will attain ha will, will have a shape. And the Sarup Shakti, that Bob is from the Sarup Shakti, and it, and, and it will manifest in a particular form. Hmm? So it's eternal, but it's eternally expressing itself in newer and newer ways. Hmm? So it's not that the, the form has a beginning in a sense, because it's only constituted of the bhava, 
And this is what the Baba does, expresses itself in newer and newer ways at all, at all uh, times for the pleasure of Krishna. So, for example, we read in Bhagavatamrita, one day, there's a new Leela, right? Suddenly, a new boy, Gopakumar, Sarup, is, is, is there in the Leela. Hmm? But he, he, he has a home, he has a family, they tell him where to go, it's all where... So, this is the Sarup Shakti. Hmm? So, so, when you enter into the Leela, then you, you will have... Uh, you'll be constituted if you will, you'll be, you'll, you, you as a Saruksha, as a Tatasta Shakti Jiva, will be imbued with Sarup Shakti. Hmm? So in, it's one thing to be constituted of Sarup Shakti, another thing to be imbued with it, or uh, what's another word to be, um, anyway, imbued with it. I don't know, you're, you're not English speaking, but um, infused with Sarup Shakti, infused with Sarup Shakti. And so you would be able to function just like those that are constituted of Swarup Shakti. Because Swarup Shakti and the Tatasta Shakti, there's a likeness between them and they're both chit. Whereas Maya Shakti is achit. So when you have achit and chit, you don't have a, you don't have a mix here. So the, the jiva is chit. It can't mix with achit. The jiva is subjective it can't mix with the objective world. Hmm? <laughs> There's a conflict. But yeah. here, when we have the subjective Tatasta Shakti consciousness, Jiva, it can mix with the super subjective realm of Sarup Shakti. Sarup Shakti is subjective, super subjective. Hmm? Mm-hmm. So you have a super subjective potential, so to speak. Hmm? Mm-hmm. So therefore you will be, for all intents and purposes, constitutive Sarup Shakti, even though you're a Tatasta Shakti. So you're infused with it, you can function just like those um, other jivas, and and you will uh, follow in the wake of of their own, their bhav. Does that help? Yes, so I will will be like uh, Nitya Siddha then. I will act like uh, Nitya Siddha in the Golok. I will yeah, be... Uh, you, you will be a Sadhana Siddha, but you will function uh, like a Nitya Siddha. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. The, the only difference will be that you'll have some service to the Nitya Siddhas also. Mm-hmm. You'll always be following them. Okay. Thank you so much. Following their lead to serve Krishna and so forth. Okay. okay, I'll see you there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Yeah, I hope. Um, we had uh, Jack wrote a question, but if he's on, you can ask your question yourself, Jack, if that's okay. Just have to unmute yourself. Jack, I'm going to unmute you and see if you want to ask your question personally. Except you're not unmuting. Okay, well, um, I guess I'll just read it then. Um, He said, he's glad that you're back. He missed your virtual presence. 
The question he has is um, from your Shikshastakam. You mentioned that God is more approachable in the form of his chanted name. Why is this the case? Is he not as approachable by those who don't know the name of Krishna? Can you read it once more? Yeah. Um, you mentioned that God is more approachable in the form of his chanted name. Why is this the case? Is he not as approachable by those who don't know the name of Krishna? Uh -huh. Well, I think that the idea there is that the that you have you have the named and the name, hmm? so uh, and the two you know wholly correspond. So the name and the named are are non different. Um, in the material world, you can have sounds that seek to describe an object, and I guess those sounds could be as perfect as they actually describe and convey what that object is. Obviously, they only do so to a certain extent and so forth. But um, here in Transcendence, then we have uh, the sound, of the, the name is non-different than the name. Okay, so um, that being the case, then, um, the name, in one sense, is more readily available than the named. And that's a practical uh, point. Just like I may be available, or some of you may be available only to, a, you know, in a limited sense, in terms of your personal presence, but by your name, uh, you may be known all over the world, or certainly beyond the circle of your immediate uh, associates. Mm -hmm. So um, Krishna comes to the, God descends, appears in the world uh, as an avatar, you know, on different occasions and to different extents. As an empowered avatar, we would look at Christ as like a Shaktivesh, empowered uh, uh, manifestation of divinity. There are other types of avatars and so forth. That, 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 that occasion is more uh, rare, but the name of God, and, and there are different names of God also. So I'm, again, as I said earlier, some are primary, some are secondary. Um, they're more uh, widely circulated and more accessible. So I think that's kind of the basic idea that through the name, God is more accessible. And given that the name is more, more accessible, we might say the name is more, more merciful. It makes itself available more, more, more readily hmm, to persons. They could take advantage of it. And by invoking the name, they can, um, uh, in due course, have experience of the person, the named. Hmm. Um, Now there was a further part of that question, I think, about what was it, Krishna's name? The question again? Oh yeah. Um, is he not as approachable by those who don't know the name of Krishna? So people who wouldn't. Well, I think that 
you know, um, yeah, in one sense, uh, not everybody knows about Krishna. Hmm? Even in even in the even in within Vaishnavism, even within the Vedas and so forth, Krishna is thought to be um, the in the full sense of the term, his his, his person, his leela and so forth is, is like a very exclusive realm. It's like uh, living on a private island, so to dweep out there, nobody knows about. There are other manifestations of, of the Godhead that are more available, like within Vaishnavism, Narayan is God. Um, and he has different avatars in the world and so on and so forth. And and um, the actual position of Krishna as the avatari is less known. And, and why is it less known in one sense? Because he's not trying to be God in that situation. Krishna is, Krishna is God trying to get away from his godhood so that he might have more intimacy with the, with the jivas. So he's kind of, just in trying to do that, he's kind of, the byproduct is that he's hiding himself. So this is, this is the interesting thing about Chaitanya Vaishnava is kind of bringing out the secret and like, you know, uncovering it, uh, unpacking it and, and um, putting that secret realm and private life of God like on, on, the, on the front page, so to speak. Um, pretty audacious, uh, you know, on, on our part, but, but um, it's, uh, you know, that is inaugurated by himself, if you will, um, for his own internal reasons, pursuing the bhava of, of Radha that has a byproduct of making him known and um, celebrating then, other, uh, his devotees celebrating this, this fact. So, yeah, Krishna is a bit hidden, but Krishna is not the only expression of God. So Krishna comes once in a very rare time, and by the, in, in, in the following that, there's the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the world. That, that's the idea. Whereas there are the manifestations of God that people connect with and so on. Therefore, yes, what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was given is a special dispensation. Hmm? that gives access to a very remote, if you will, intimate um, um, opportunity to associate with the Godhead. Not everybody knows Krishna's name. That's true. Um, um, but what's true about Krishna's name is true about uh, other forms of God and their names as well. Hmm? So Krishna's not the only name of God. I don't know if I'm fully answering your question, but as far as I understand it, those are my comments. I, if you could let us know, I could leave some, some question or doubt in your mind. I'll try to address that. He, he said that his mic, his, there's a lot of Yeah, he had a lot. I see a message, he says, thank you. Okay. Um, well. Can I make a couple of announcements about class on Tuesday? Okay. Okay. So um, for those of you that weren't here at the beginning of the call, um, we are having um, a class on Tuesday at 2 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time. And it's um, Gumaraj is going to be giving him a class on Balaram Yasa. 
Balaram Rasa Yatra. And we also are having a series of classes um, given by Padmanabha Swami on the um, Gaur Astakalya Leela. And those classes are at five o'clock in the evening. There will be a class tonight and tomorrow, probably not on Tuesday, um, and then continuing after that. So um, everybody's invited to join that class as well. Um, so. Sounds good. Nice to talk with you all. Nice See you on talk. Tuesday. Thank you so much. I hope you feel better you going fast. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hey, Arsha. Oh, um, I have a question about, yeah, for you. Can I end the call? Can we... Yeah. I can. Totally. Okay. 